Good morning, family. Are you good? Welcome to the month of August. Are you excited about this month? Oh, my. I never thought August was frightening. Uh, apparently, it is. I mean, we're way already past half of the year. So many things are going on. And it's, go, it's nice to know that even in the, uh, at this time of the year when so many people are on holiday, and I, I hope several of you are on holiday. How many people are here on holiday? Some of you are enjoying your time. It's, it's nice and, and sunny, and this is the Portugal that we want to live in when it's nice and warm. Um, and we, we enjoy these times of, of taking a break. Uh, our family, they're in a bit of a forced break with um, our newborn at home. And uh, as Pedro said, things can be very good in one moment and in the, the other, things are already a bit crazy. And that's, that's life with a family. That's life with kids. I don't need to tell you how's it like because... If, even if you don't have your own kids, you have nephews and you, uh, you have your own parents and they tell you about the experience they had with you and it wasn't easy for sure. So we know how's it like and we're still all in all very grateful to God for everything and how God has been with us and giving us grace and peace throughout these two weeks. We're grateful for our church family, for your support, your prayers. You, you better believe it that we feel them every single day. That we feel your kindness we, in the messages that you send. Even in the messages that you don't send because you don't want to bother us. We're very grateful for the kindness that you show to our family. And uh, even in this season, we're able to see the glory of God in so many different ways through um, this church and this family that we have in Christ. So thank you so much for everything that you guys are doing. Also, everything that you are doing in God's kingdom the way that this church continues serving Christ. I know that many of you have, in a way, postponed holidays and certain things going on in your life so that you could be at church serving faithfully and serving others, loving others, even with the Lisbon Project. And I know that God sees all of that. I know that God will reward all of that. And everything we do for the Lord, we don't do it in sorrow and feeling sorry for ourselves. We do it with a joyful heart because we're serving the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And he is the one that first loved us. So he deserves all the love in our hearts. But as we were preparing um, a message series for this month of August, I had a thing that God really brought to my heart about breaks. Summer is a great time for breaks, and if the weather allows it, even better. But we go in our day-to-day, -day, in our normal schedules, and it's good to press pause and focus on something different. It's good to feel that our batteries are being refilled. It's good to rethink of our choices, Rethink about our careers. As Luciana was saying in different points in her life, now this is a good time for a change. And sometimes it's not easy to make those decisions, but when we invite God to be in them, then they become fruitful. And we want to not only rethink about our lives, but we also want to celebrate our achievements. We want to celebrate the goodness and the kindness of God that brought us up, up until this point. So this summer, we want to invite you to take a break, to press pause on the hecticness of life and find refreshment in the Word of God. 
And I know this is a very hard button to press. When things are moving, sometimes just the, the action of pressing pause, so many things come with it. Maybe we feel selfish. Maybe we feel we're powerless. Maybe we feel that it's not possible. Things need to keep moving on. But there's power in pauses. And I, as I was reading and preparing this message series, one thing became very clear for me is that God is also a God of pauses. I've noticed that many times before we see God move in Scripture, we see Him creating a pause. God doesn't just go from one thing to the next, to the next, to the next, to the next nonstop. God is a God of seasons, and before He does something, usually He makes everything pause. So, when God sets a different pace in our lives, we know that He has a purpose. Maybe we need to reflect on his ways. Maybe we need to listen to his heart. Maybe we need to change course and appreciate everything that really matters in life. So in this message series, we'll go through many parts of scripture where we see that God is a God of pauses. And when he brings these pauses to our lives, he does so with a purpose. So our topic for today is press pause and listen. Now, this doesn't really apply to music or podcast because if you want to listen to something, you need to press play, not pause. But when we talk about life, and we especially when we talk about life with God, pressing pause is one of the best ways that we can listen to God. I don't know about you, but many times I feel as a human being that I'm not the greatest listener. Now, I don't feel that I'm the worst listener uh, in this planet, but my standard shouldn't be people that are bad listeners. <laughs> my standard should be people that listen well. And I don't feel that all the time that I'm a really good listener. Why? And I came to this quote that we don't know who said it, but they said this. Most people do not listen with the intent to understand. They listen with the intent to reply. And I think many of us, if we are honest, we are most people. <laughs> When we're listening to someone, we're already thinking and processing what we want to say in response to what they are saying. And while I am genuinely interested in what people have to say, many times I'm not listening to understand. I'm listening with the intent to reply. We should listen seeking to understand, not to reply. And this is the kind of stuff that changes our relationship with the rest of the world. Uh, this author, Dean Jackson, said, Listening is an art that requires attention over talent, spirit over ego, others over self. And while there is great merit in trying to be a great listener to each other, and apply it to our daily lives, I think we should focus this morning in what listening has to do with our relationship with God. In our relationship with God through the Word of God, we know that He is interested in what we have to say. And it feels kind of weird digesting this thought that the Creator of the whole universe... The God that created life, 
The God that made all things possible, the reason why everything exists, He is interested genuinely in what you have to say. The Bible says in 1 Peter 3.12, For the Lord watches the righteous, He pays attention to their prayers. Now God already knows every single thing that you will say to Him in prayer. He knows the thoughts in your heart and in your mind. But in this relationship that we have with him, we speak and he listens. He promises to pay attention when we speak. And what a beautiful reminder this is in our lives that ultimately listening is an act of love. Listening is not something that can be done without love. God listens to us because he loves us. And in this verse here, righteous, it doesn't mean perfect people. Other, otherwise, God wouldn't listen to any of us. Righteous here means those who have accepted salvation through Jesus Christ. What Jesus did on the cross was for you and me because God in the cross, he made us righteous in his sight. We are given the salvation and the righteousness of Jesus when we choose to accept that what Jesus did on the cross was for me. That what he did on the cross was for you. And this is when we actually become Christians. When we have embraced the salvation that God offered to us through Jesus. And that's why the Bible can say this, for the Lord watches the righteous. He knows those who belong to him. And he pays attention to you. His eye is on you. And he is interested in every word that comes out of your mouth. Love permeates our relationship with God. So it definitely permeates the ability to God to listen to every single one of us with no exception. But now another question arises. When God speaks... Are we listening? I came across another quote from a psychologist called Marty Groth, and she said, instead of talking in the hope that people will listen, try listening in the hope that people will talk. I'll say it again. Instead of talking in the hope that people will listen, try listening in the hope that people will talk. Now allow me the freedom to bring this into our topic of today because I believe that in this relationship of God, with God of ours, I believe something like this is applicable. Instead of talking in the hope that God will listen, try listening in the hope that God will talk. If we are paying attention, I believe that we will hear God speaking to us. God has something to tell us, and I know I wouldn't be here this morning if I, if I doubted that God was with us and he wanted to say something to us. I'm sure that he is in this place, and I'm sure that he wants to speak, he wants to say something to us. 
We aren't just here to acknowledge the existence of God. We're not just here to, yes, to worship and, and say all the great things that he is. This is a relationship. So as we speak, we believe that God will speak to us. We are here because he's calling each and every one of us into a living and active relationship with him. So if God is speaking... If we have a relationship with God and He is speaking, are we truly listening? We will read a passage in 1 Samuel chapter 3. And if you don't know Samuel, he is a miracle child. His mother Hannah wasn't able to have children. So one time she was at the doorstep of the tabernacle. She was crying. She was in, in such an inner turmoil with anguish, the Bible says that she was crying bitterly in the presence of God. So much that um, Eli, the priest, they, he mistake her for being drunk at, just based on her behavior at that point. So you can imagine the grief, the anguish that this woman was feeling. And when Eli approached her mistakenly, then Anna explained, no, don't, don't say that I'm drunk. I'm just in this very deep sorrow because I cannot have children. And this is the thing that would fulfill me the most in life. And Eli, the priest, told her to go back home because God was going to grant her wish. So soon, Anna became pregnant of Samuel. And she would dedicate Samuel to the Lord all the days of his life to serve at the tabernacle. So we're going to read together what happens in 1 Samuel chapter 3. After this, um, this child, Samuel, is living in the house of God. The Bible says, Meanwhile, the boy Samuel served the Lord by assisting Eli. Now in those days, messages from the Lord were very rare, and visions were quite uncommon. One night, Eli, who was almost blind by now, had gone to bed. The lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was sleeping in the tabernacle near the ark of God. Suddenly, the Lord called out, Samuel. Yes, Samuel replied, what is it? He got up and ran to Eli. Here I am. Did you call me? I didn't call you, Eli replied. Go back to bed. So he did. Then the Lord called out again, Samuel. Again, Samuel got up and went to Eli. Here I am. Did you call me? I didn't call you, my son, Eli said. Go back to bed. Samuel did not know yet the Lord because he had never had a message from the Lord before. So the Lord called a third time, and once more Samuel got up and went to Eli. Here I am. Did you call me? Then Eli realized it was the Lord who was calling to the boy. So he said to Samuel, go and lie down again. And if someone calls again, say, speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. So Samuel went back to bed. And the Lord came and called as before, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel replied, speak, your servant is listening. Then the Lord spoke to Samuel. And I love this passage from Scripture. This is, I grew up in a church setting, going to Sunday school where we teach the Bible from a very young age. And I remember this story hearing this story and just feeling, well, one day I'm going to go to bed and I'm going to hear God calling me Reuben, Reuben, I'm going to be like <laughs> with chills and okay, God, what do you have to say to me? 
But this story is, is very important when we go into this topic of listening to God. Because I don't know about you, but every time we go to this, and Christians t- often talk about it, uh, God is speaking to me. Do you hear God speaking to you? And it feels like we're going, going through something that is a bit mystical, something that is very subjective. And we don't know how we feel about it. We don't know to the certain God has ever spoken to us. But I believe this story helps us understand a lot of what it means to have God speaking to us very clearly. So some, of, some important lessons here, if we want to hear God, if we want to pay attention to the God that is speaking to us daily, there are important lessons here. The first one was that Samuel was in the right place to listen to God. He was sleeping in the tabernacle near the ark of, the, of God. He was physically close to the place where God has promised that hit, where his presence would be. Now, today, we don't have to seek God in a physical location for sure. We, the presence of God is always with us through the Holy Spirit that lives in us. Jesus said in Matthew 28, 20, remember that I'm always with you until the end of time. This is the promise that exists for every single Christian from every single time. God is going to be with you every single day until the end. The presence of God is with you. But we can develop an attitude like the one that Samuel had. We can develop a good behavior like Samuel did, which was if God is going to speak, On a Sunday morning when he says and he promised that he would speak when his people are gathered together, then I need to develop an attitude of coming to church and making the effort to come to come listen and be with God's people if God promised he was going to be there in a special way. If God promises that he's with his people when they study his word, if God promises that he is with his people when we come together to worship, then that is the place that I want to be committed to be in. And sometimes it requires some effort. Sometimes it requires a lot from us. But when we are able to be in the place where God speaks to us, our lives change. And Samuel definitely had the right attitude. Even being a little boy, he was there to be in the presence of God. So when God spoke, he was able to listen. The second lesson here is that God honors childlike faith and humility. We just sang, God give me a childlike heart. Some Christians might make you feel like you have to be a Christian for like 25, 30 years before you can listen to God speak to you. But that's not the case. That's false. Listening to God is not an achievement. Jesus said in Matthew 18, I tell you the truth, unless you turn from your sins and become like little children, you will never get into the kingdom of heaven. So anyone who becomes as humble as this little child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Samuel was literally a child. And Jesus tells his followers that we need to become like children to enter the kingdom of heaven. If you want to have a relationship with God, if you want to have anything to do with God in your life, we need to have childlike faith. 
We need to have childlike humility. And we are all children before God. I don't come to God, God, I've been following you for 30 years, 35 years. I need to listen to you more than anyone else listens. No. Our attitude should be like children. Lord, I need you. Lord, I want to hear you. And in this humility, the Bible says we belong to him. The, the kingdom of heaven is ours. A third lesson here is that at first Samuel wasn't able to recognize God's voice. It's so interesting. Even, he even mis mistake God's voice with Eli's voice. So I don't know what age Eli had at this point. He was probably already quite old, and he had lots of sons and daughters, so he was probably old. So I, we can imagine and deduct that God has that kind of old man's voice, very deep one, but that's just us thinking about it. Now listening, recognizing God's voice, there is a lot of subjectivity, as I said, in this area, even with Christians. Now, as a pastor, I tend to admit that I tremble when certain people come to me and they say, you know, Pastor Ruben, God has been speaking to me lately. Ooh. It's, a, it's a big statement. God has been speaking to me. And, and I, I have to admit that I tremble at first. For four main reasons. First is that they're not coming to me for discernment to try to understand if what they've been thinking or, or, or feeling is actually the voice of God. Unlike Samuel that went to Eli and, and was able to discern the, the, the voice of God through Eli, um, people who say this, they have already put a stamp on their thoughts and feelings. This comes from God. So... It makes me very uncomfortable when I sometimes have to say, I'm sorry, but I don't feel that that was God. A second reason is they make you feel like you cannot dispute what they have to say because God is never wrong. And if God spoke to you, that you cannot contradict what God spoke to that person. So it makes it really, really hard. They love many times, and the third reason is that they love to be seen as highly spiritual people. They love the attention, especially from new believers, of I've been listening, the voice of God. And someone that has come very recently to faith is like, whoa, that is amazing. That is, this person must be so important, must be so good in their walk with God. So it doesn't matter really how they walk with the Lord. It doesn't matter the fruit of the Spirit in their lives. It doesn't matter anything else. What matters is, is that they listen to the Lord which is not the truth. I believe that God speaks to us because the Word of God tells us that. God speaks to people, and we all need to be eager to listen to the voice of God. And I love this story, and I, I picture myself when I was little, and I, I was dead silent in my bed trying to listen to a voice like Samuel did, but spoiler alert, it never happened. God never spoke to me with that audible voice that sometimes we see in the Word of God happening. Because that is not the main way that God speaks to His people these days. The Bible says that the Word of God is, in fact, the Word of God. 
The things that God wants to say to you, yes, he can use and speak to you in many, many different ways. But the main way that he wants to reveal his will for your life and to my life is found in the word of God in Holy Scriptures. And I know that God, because of that, he honored my childlike faith. He, God honored my deep desire of listening to his voice. And as I grew up in my relationship with God, I was able to learn and to discern the voice of God that speaks to me through his word. As I seek God on my day-to-day through his word, I am attentive. And nowadays, I'm getting better and better at listening what God has to say to me. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 1, and starts right in verse 1. Long ago, at many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, he, spoke, he has spoken to us by his Son, Jesus Christ, whom he appointed the heir of all things, through whom also he created the world. Now Samuel, he grew to become one of the greatest prophets in the Old Testament, in Old Testament times. But our relationship with God is not to be compared with his. You see, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. And that was the way that God used to speak to his people through the prophets. And we have what they said in writing. It's called the Old Testament. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son. If you want to know what is the will of God for your life, if you want to know what is the answer from God for what you're living right now, you have to listen to the son. You have to listen to Jesus. How do you listen to Jesus? What, how do you know what Jesus has to say about how we are living, about the decisions that we make when we go to the word of God? When we study the things that he said, it means that the words of Jesus Christ, the son of God, reveal the will and the heart of God for all of us today. And when someone desires earnestly to listen to God, they don't go and just be in silence and try to listen to God through the waves and the sea, try to listen to a melody of the universe, and trying to decipher if this is my thought, if this is what God is saying. When we earnestly desire to listen to God, when we feel lost, when we feel that we need a word of guidance, when we feel that there's something that needs to be done, but we don't know exactly why, we need to find refuge in God's word. Everyone who earnestly desires to listen to God, they need to go dive in deep into God's word because that is where God promises that he will speak. 2 Timothy 3.15, you have been taught the holy scriptures from childhood and they have been given you the wisdom to receive the salvation that comes by trusting in Christ Jesus. The most important thing that someone can do in their whole lifetime is to receive the salvation that comes by trusting in Christ Jesus. This is the point. But how can we do that? Through the teaching of the Holy Scriptures. We can only come to God and understand what is the will of God for our lives through the Word of God. Meaning that we have to pay attention to all 
that God has to say. And some people will say, and they argue, but the scriptures are old. Some portions were written 3,000 years ago. How can I believe and expect that God will speak to me, that I live in the 21st century, something that is relevant, something that is applicable, something that has to do with my situations and circumstances that have nothing to do with the people that lived back then? Why do you think some people... And I would go to the extent, even some Christians, that they go to shamans and mediums and psychics and they are afraid and they believe that they have something else to say. Because they want something personal and they feel that they don't get it from the Word of God. But I'm going to tell you something that is true because it's what the Word of God says. The most important things that God has to tell you individually, He has told us collectively. The most important things that you need to apply in your specific life with your own set of problems and circumstances and decisions, God has already revealed to us collectively through His Word. So when I approach God's Word, I'm not thinking it as an old book. I'm not thinking it as old people's advice. I'm not thinking that this has nothing to do with me. No, this is the living Word of God. That God is speaking into my heart to teach me how to live. 2 Timothy 3.15 and 17, the next verses say, All Scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip His people to do every good work. And I believe that many of us are trying to do the right thing. And I don't know exactly why God brought this theme into our congregation this morning. Press pause. But maybe, just maybe, you need to press pause in your life. Maybe God is challenging you, not necessarily to stop doing things as you're doing, but to stop and think about what you're doing. Stop and think about what is going on if you're truly listening to the Word of God. And if we want to do the right thing, we need to press pause and we need to read Scripture. We need to press pause and study Scripture. We need to press pause and meditate on Scripture. And that brings me To our fourth point, God spoke to Samuel in a place of quietness. Samuel was actually sleeping. <laughs> there were no other noises. There were no distractions. There were no other people talking. Um, and this reminded me that now Jade is at an age that her vocabulary is expanding. Our two-year-old She's learning so many different words, and she comes home from school, and she says amazing words that we never taught her in both English and Portuguese. But recently, she came up with a word, and I think that is something that kids do, and the word is annoising. It's a, a sound that is annoying. 
So nowadays at home when she's doing something or banging something, we don't say stop it because that sound is annoying. No, that's annoying. Stop it. And she understands it straight away. And if I'm sing singing at home, Jade will come to me, Daddy, that's annoying. And so I have to stop. There are things that God wants to tell us in private, in a moment of solitude. And as I said, I've never had that moment that, where I feel God speaking to me audibly. But in certain moments of my life, like Samuel, when I'm in this moment of quietness, when I'm putting all those voices and thoughts away from my mind, and I earn, am I earnestly seeking to hear the voice of God, we find the presence of His Spirit and, and we feel God speaking to us and reminding us important things from his word. God is one, and he eternally exists in three persons, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. I'm not going to do a message on Trinity. That is a big, big message to preach. But the Bible does teach us that God the Holy Spirit is with us, and he desires to speak with us. John 16, 13 says, when the spirit of truth comes, this is what Jesus said, he will guide you into all the truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will declare to you the things that are to come. So how can we listen to the Holy Spirit speak? Now one thing we know for sure according to God's word is that the Holy Spirit will not say anything that is not according to God's word. If the Holy Spirit is there to be our comforter and our helper and speak to us, he will speak, not of his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. Everything that Jesus said, he will speak. So we can already know and fill our hearts and lives with the word of God because that is what the Holy Spirit will use to speak to us in every time that we need. And in those quality times with God, we want to seek the Spirit of God speaking, bringing those verses, those passages, those stories from Scripture that remind us that we are not alone, that remind us that the presence of God is constant in our lives, that remind us that all things contribute together for the good of those who love God, who are called by Him. Jesus taught us to have those quality times with God where we quiet our hearts and we quiet everything else as well. Psalm 32 verse 8 says, I will instruct you and teach you about the direction you should go. I'll advise you and keep my eye on you. So when our hearts are eager to listen, when our hearts feel that there's something that needs to be changed, we need to come to God expecting that he will speak to us through his word. And I want to invite the worship team to come. And as I conclude with the fifth point and the last one, is that Samuel was willing to do the will of God. Samuel said, speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. So powerful. This, this lesson, this very small lesson that Eli taught Samuel, 
If you read this chapter and if you read the, this book of 1 Samuel from the beginning, you will easily see that Eli was not in a good place in his relationship with God. In fact, God, the thing that God had to say to Samuel wasn't very, something very good about Eli's life and his family's life. But it's so wonderful to see that this priest, someone that used to hear the voice of God, still had something important to, to give to Samuel. And it was the key to unlock this mystery. It was the key to unlock the, Samuel's ability to discern the voice that comes from God that wanted to speak to him. Speak, Lord. Say this to God, Samuel. Speak, Lord, your servant is listening. It teaches us that we must come before God as humble and obedient servants if we want to know what he is saying. And this is also something that we have to work on. Because we, we, we approach God's word on our day-to-day and we love the feeling that God is speaking to us, that the word was right into our hearts. It was exactly about that situation that we're facing. It's really about our relationship with someone. It's really about the decisions that I need to make. And God is speaking. It's, not, it's a nice feeling. It's powerful when we know that the word is alive and it's doing something in us and it's wonderful. But what truly matters is not if we have heard God speak to us. What truly matters, it's not even if you have heard God speak to you today. What truly matters is what are you going to do about it? What are we doing about the, the things that God is telling us? James, this apostle, he said many great things. One of the smallest books in the Bible, but man, you really need to digest the things that James has to say. And he says this, James 1.22, But don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you're only fooling yourselves. So what will be my response to God today? And I want to invite you to stand with me as we enter a time where It's between you and God. It's between the Holy Spirit and you. And I invite you to close your eyes and, and to think. And answering this question, how am I listening to God these days? How, how am I paying attention to what God has to say? And maybe... Just maybe the easiest way for us to not even bother is to just close our Bibles. Not even go there. Because who has time these days, right? We don't even approach God's word. And then we're surprised that God is not speaking to us. Well, maybe 
the Holy Spirit is convicting you that you need to spend good quality time in God's word so that your ability to listen to God will come back again. Maybe you've never listened to God or you never felt that God was actually speaking to you in your life. So the invitation is this, grab a Bible. Start in the New Testament if you can. Start reading. Because God is speaking. God is speaking. And he has so many things to tell you. So many things that you don't know that you need to learn. So many things that God wants to correct you for your own good as well. But he will only listen if you are in God's word. And when God starts speaking, am I willing to go where God wants to lead me? Am I only seeking the blessings of God for what I want to live? Or am I seeking the guidance of his sweet voice that tells me this is the way that you should go? My friends, and I, I don't come from a place where I feel and I know that I have the authority to say that my life and my relationship with listening to God is perfect. It's not. Far from it. Especially in the hecticness of life. I was telling Pedro the other day, even to have a quality time with, with God in silence, man, that, that feels like wishful thinking, really. And there are seasons that it's really hard. And I don't feel that God is calling us and to blame us and to feel us feel make us feel bad about the seasons that we're in but God is mostly and definitely interested in the attitude of your heart in the attitude of seeking his presence and seeking his word and this is the area that many of us we have a lot to learn still but we're here together to listen to the word of God and to encourage each other to be in God's word, to listen to the voice of God. Because incredible things happen when we pay attention to his voice. Our life changes when we listen to his voice. Our circumstances change when we listen to God. Our fears, they fade away when we put our trust in the things that God has to say. Our emotions, our hearts, we literally become new people when we fill ourselves with the Word of God. Lord, we want to come before you in reverence of your mighty word. Thank you that you're not a silent God, that, but you're living and speaking, God. And to all of us, Lord, you want to speak your words of life, your words of peace, your words of encouragement, your words of correction, the words that remind us who we are and what we're here on this earth to do. Father, I'm, we're so grateful that we can be in a community that loves your word that loves every single thing that you have to say to us. And Lord, we want to accept this challenge to press, pause, and listen. We want to be better listeners. 
We want to listen to your word better. We want to make sure that we're taking time to discern your voice in the middle of chaos and uncertainties of life, Lord. We want to listen to your guidance and what you have to say. Lord, but above anything else, Lord, we want to obey. Help us to be diligent to apply what you have to say to us. Father, I pray over our lives, Lord, you know our circumstances. You know how crazy life can be and how powerless we feel with our schedules, with our agenda, with our strength, with our mind even. Lord, but we surrender to you. We bring our mess before you. And we ask, Lord, that we want to find you in the middle of the chaos. We want to find you, Lord, in the middle of the noise. We want to find you, Lord, in the middle of uncertainty. Help us to seek your voice and listen, Lord, to what's going to bring peace and, and love into our lives like never before. And Father, if some of us are seeking for wisdom in which way should we go, what are the things that we should do, Father, I pray that we will be able to discern what the guidance of your spirit through your word as well. Lord, thank you that you're a God that speaks. Help us to listen. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.